Today we sit down with Bull and Chad Clark. It's an amazing episode. Really two of the, the greatest people I've ever met in my entire life. Um, just amazing folks that give back all the time. This episode has been brought to you by Gorilla Strength Equipment. Some of the best custom and stock stuff you can possibly get. I've known David Dennis up there for a couple of years now. He's made all of my equipment for me. Uh, always going above and beyond to make things happen. Really just an incredible, incredible guy who loves doing R&D, making stuff, production line, um, whatever it is. If it's fitness related, man, he can make it. And your only limitation is your imagination because uh, he can think of just about anything up there. Uh, Gorilla Strength Equipment, it's far superior to anything else that I've ever used in my 15 years of strongman experience and the fact that I'm at a show about every weekend and see the quality of equipment people are using, constant training, wear and tear, it's absolutely superior to all other brands that are out there. So if you need some strongman equipment, if you need some gym equipment, if you need new grip equipment, if you need grip equipment that you have fixed, get it over to David and definitely make that happen. Gorilla Strength Equipment. All right, everybody. We're back for episode four of the H2O cast. And today I've got a very special episode planned for you guys. We have Bull and the infamous, famous Chad Clark sitting <laughs> down with us. Um, so, somebody's a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> it's Chad. Chad is a comedian, absolutely. So I just want to get kind of jump right into it with you guys. Um, we've been hanging out pretty much all day already. Um, a lot of good stories have been told. We just might need to retell them so everybody else can hear them. So, Chad, if you could, just tell us what you got coming up. Uh, how many shows you got? How many trips you got? Because you're all over the freaking place. You drove all the way to Kentucky just to come help with a tiny eight-man show and to hang out with me and come see Bull. Uh, so, I feel very honored for that reason, and I thank you for being here. Yeah, man. So, of course. what do you got coming up here in the near future? Uh, can I drop the F-bomb? Oh, you can say fuck all okay, you want. Okay. First of all, it's an honor to be here because I'm sitting here with my fucking, one of my fucking legends and hero, Bull, who I often forget his real name, but I do know it's Chris Griffin. Uh, but, you know, it's just cool. And I, you know, I get sidetracked, dude. I'm not good at this type of stuff. You know, for me, it's just an honor to just sit here and be with two of my good friends. You know, we've been friends for years. You're like a brother to me. Bull, somebody who I look up to and respect. Uh, really beyond words and comprehension for all that he's done not only being a friend to me but uh for in strength sports and helping others and uh you know he's somebody i look up to a lot looked up to his role model stuff and uh you know you too with all you do you know for your passion for strength sports and always giving back and stuff uh even like with the log lift yesterday even though it was a small competition it was a blast you know and, and to me that's well, sometimes the grassroots type stuff's the best. Uh, you know, that's where I have the most fun. Uh, you know, I thought it was really cool that you offered up a dollar per pound uh, for the biggest log lift. You know, as you know, my what we were just talking about, my, my chant all day was take Dave's money. Which is good. Which is <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Makes but, everybody strong. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, it's like, you know, things like that, you know, it's just cool to see. It's cool knowing how passionate you are and how, you know, how, much, how willing you are, you know, to give back to the sport. You know, and to me... Uh, everything goes in cycles and stuff. So when I see that, 
you know, and, and being surrounded by people like you and Bull, yeah, it really just makes me want to work harder and, and do more, uh, kind of, kind of following y'all's footsteps, so to speak. Good. Now I just need you to work harder and get a better phone. My, my, phone's, <laughs> my phone's a piece of doo doo, man. <laughs> it really is. So what do you what do you got set up for the next several weeks? Um, as far as what you've got going on, um, I know you got Green Hill that's coming up. What other what other shows do you have that you're going to be at so people can make sure that they make it there and get their Lovely thumbs up photo with the great Jack Clark. Thumbs up for life, man. That's right. <laughs> like, thumbs up photo. Hey, man, as, as we all know, unfortunately, life is way too short. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of the, one of the reasons why I, I do the things I do. Uh, you know, uh, life's short, man. You got to go out there and fucking live it. Uh, never be afraid to tell people you love them. You know, I love both of y'all, man. You know that. Uh so you pat me down, man. I'm making too much noise with my hands, man. He's like at the table. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, this will be a good podcast for a lot of laughs for people, I imagine. Oh, for sure. It'll it'll be good for, for all of that. But I get wound up, man. I get very passionate when I, when I talk about strength and, and friends and things like that. But uh, coming up, uh, a lot of Strongman Corporation events. Uh, you know, I'm very, very proud to be the state chair for them for Virginia. Uh, very proud to be able to help out the promoters there in the state. I'll be the noble, strongest man. Uh, I'll lose track of some of the dates because it's so much that kind of runs together. Uh, excuse me. I'll be at Brute's, uh, Brute Strength Gym in Norfolk. I think that's the weekend the 10th uh, of August. Okay. Uh, be there with them. Uh, huge shout out to Stella. Stella does so much stuff for, the, for, for all strength sports, not just strongman, but all strength sports right there in the state of Virginia. Uh, the next weekend, I go up to Northern Virginia to a Noble Strongest Man. I think that's the second second annual on that, so looking forward to that. Always a good time there. And then I have uh, Green Hill Highland Games, uh, August 24th, which, ironically, the hardest day I'll work all year is also my birthday. So, <laughs> no days off, man. So, so, tell us about Green Hill. How much work really goes into... Highland Games. I know we have some Highland guys that are, you know, fans of the of the podcast here. We have a lot that have no idea what Highland Games is. I'm still fuzzy on it, and I've been to several shows and seen it, and I'm still like, wait, what? What are you guys doing? Why? Huh? But it draws in a great crowd. Every Highland Games I go to, you see a lot of different kinds of people. So tell us a little bit more about that show and what what all goes into it. A lot goes into it. I, yeah, I'll just tell you this. I mean, if if you're a vet promoter. And, and all of us here understand, but for the people out there that don't, you really never stop working. You know, it's it's a one-day event that you work 365 days a year on in some form or fashion. You know, maybe that fashion may be just going out, meeting people, making contacts. But you always have something back in your mind. It's like, hey, what can I do to make this event better you know, for the athletes? Green Hill's a little odd uh, in the fact that I have really no funding, so I have to get really creative every year. I've always refused to charge the public money for it. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people say that I could or I should, but you know, I'm from small town, Roanoke, Virginia, and I'm very proud to be from there. So to me, to be able to do things like that and to give back to my community, it means a lot. Also, with that, uh, it also serves as a fundraiser for a veterans charity, Warrior 360. And uh, every time I mention the Highland Games, uh, the event that I run, you know, my father, uh, who I do a lot of things, guys, a tribute to him. And Green Hill Highland Games, although I started running it when he was still alive, 
uh, once he passed, I always knew that I'd always wanted to do something as a charity event. And then that just really inspired me to really kind of take to the next level and raise money for, uh, for veterans. My dad was a vet. Uh, you know, also, again, you know, he did lots of charity work. At the time, I was working at a VA hospital. Uh, my wife works at a VA hospital. My sister put in 30 years there. So for me, I just saw it as a chance to, to be able to give back, not just the community, but, but to, to veterans in need as well. And then as times went on, it just keeps growing. We're our 11th year now. And uh, one of the proudest things I am of, of my accomplishments is uh, last year we were able to add a women's elite class. And the whole premise of that is, unfortunately, uh, you have these amazing female athletes. They're literally fucking world-class athletes out there, right? But they have nowhere to go past... They have no pro class. There's nothing... There's no higher level to aspire to, uh, which I feel is unfortunate. Uh, you know, so last year I was able to put out, uh, you know, just kind of a, a feeler like, hey, you know, who would be willing to donate to this so we can make it happen? And there's other games that, that do it. You know, I'm, I'm definitely not the first, but... I really want to see if I could accomplishment, you know, to help them out. And again, and when you know these athletes, you know what amazing, not only athletes they are, but some of these people are just the best people you're ever going to meet. You know, I mean, we all, you know, try to surround ourselves with people like that. And if you ever meet these women, you'd feel the same way. Like, wow, man, so-and-so is the coolest. Oh, and by the way, they're the most amazing athletes in the world. Uh, but anyway, in a nutshell, last year we were uh, raised money to have six female athletes get paid the same as the men. I felt that was very important. If you're going to do for one, you do the exact same thing, th same thing for the other. It's fair. And if you hear me knock around for people out there, I'm knocking on the table. I'm talking with my hands. <laughs> so Dave keeps telling me to not knock the table. But uh, I just feel like if you were a public speaker, you'd be slamming on the on the top of it like Hitler, <laughs> screaming at everybody. Blah, blah, blah. We gotta get a pass. It's not. Yeah. It's not an a towel or something. <laughs> it's not anger though. I just talk with my hands because you know, to me, like these things, I'm passionate about. You know, so right, right. Well, I'm glad, you know, I'm not a social media guy. and But because of social media, women are finally starting to get the recognition. Oh, it's, you know. I love it, man. I mean, with, without without that, that platform and that forum to be able to show what they are accomplishing, you know, because, I mean, some of the baddest women on the planet, nobody knew, you know, up until, you know, social media was able to come out and they were able to show the world that, hey, look, we're here too. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I mean, and that's it. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and so many of those people, I mean, inspire me and stuff, you know. Um, and go, going back to women, especially with in Highland Games, if you have a crowd, you know, the, and the crowd for the most part, depending on the region, doesn't really necessarily know a whole lot about what's going on in the field. Sure. But they know when something goes really, really high and it's when something goes really, really far. <laughs> And to, even, to have a, a woman doing it is even more impressive. Sure. So the crowd loves it. So to me, I mean, if you think about it, it's just more natural fit, actually. I agree. So, Bull, when are, because uh, I know you got a lot of stuff coming up this next couple of weeks. Um, when are you leaving for Relentless? Thursday. This coming Thursday. Yeah, I got to get up there to handle Chris Miller. And he's taking, uh, he's going to lift in my stead. And he took over my Hope Kid, Danny. He's going to. He's gonna jump up and and lift for me because I can't do it no more, and uh, he's gonna do awesome. I mean, he's 
he's been working hard. He's fighting through an injury right now, but he's you know he's not going to quit on the kids. He's got it in his head. He's he's going no matter what. You know, I don't care if we got to go up and duct tape him back together. He's going to get his lifts in. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, man, real, real quick on that subject. Yeah, I've said a million times on my own Facebook page and social media and stuff, all the people that are involved in Relentless and all the athletes to go up there and help out and stuff, y'all my heroes, dude. I, I mean, I'm serious. You know, it's like all respect in the world for what y'all do for those kids. You know, I just think it's amazing. And I'll always be a fan, you know, of that. Man. I may be watching it from afar, but – you know, just know I'm always pulling for y'all and all the respect in the world for those people that are involved in that organization. They, Scott Nutter and Mike and them, they they do amazing. I mean, the the work that they put in, the countless and selfless hours. I mean, they, it's not easy to put on a meet this big. I mean, you're talking about a three day meet with you know right at 170 lifters, and you know, but. There's nothing like I, I I said it in the last podcast, and I mean it. I mean I've been on a lot of big stages with a lot of you know big lifters, but there was nothing like looking out into that crowd and having them kids be on the stage in front of you, and stuff, and just you know they all just want high fives and knuckle bumps and you know and they don't care what's on the bar and you know and I didn't either. I was like just load it. I don't care. I'm gonna pick it up. I mean whatever it is, we ain't quitting on this today. Believe yeah. me. How we, could you, man? Yeah, I mean, no, we're we're definitely gonna we're definitely gonna make this work, and they um, and they they motivate you in a way that is un, you know un, unfathomable. I mean, I I sent Dave put a picture up of me getting ready to knuckle bump this kid and him reaching out, and it's 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 just a beautiful image, and I'm so glad that you know they were somebody caught it and sent it to me. It's one of the most amazing things it is because it's almost like the Wonder Twins getting ready to bump fish, you know. <laughs> and, you know, we're out there and you know, my arms outstretched and his arms outstretched, and that is one 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 mental picture that I will never forget the rest of my life. Because I mean, I was miserable last year at Relentless. I mean, yeah, I so much that. pain, and but it was like, um, you know, I know we didn't say it then. We didn't. Uh, we hit it very well. You know, we uh, tried to. Tried to hide it so the kids wouldn't see it, but that was, um, I don't know. They, it was the most motivating thing that I've ever done, you know. I mean, and I've been fortunate enough to do it a few times, and I can't say enough for the honor getting asked. I mean, it was, it was amazing. So I heard you have a relentless story. I do, man. <laughs> I've been dying to tell the same for forever. <laughs> Dave so, keeps telling him to stop. He's like, no way. Save. Yeah, Dave's been telling like, save that story for the podcast. <laughs> Well, podcast here it is. <laughs> so, you, you know, you never know where you find and draw inspiration from. You know, and, and so many different things out there inspired me. You know, I remember the first time, I think it was on one of the, late, the old, like, uh, Elite FTS was doing a, a feature on Scott Nutter and Relentless mm-hmm. and all that. And I saw that. I was like, immediately I fell in love with the whole, the whole idea, the concept the purpose, everything about it. And then I said, you know, now I was already, you know, kind of started, I was just getting my feet wet and running events and stuff. And I said, you know, if they can do it, I can do it. And ever since then, every event I've ever ran has always had some type of charitable component. Hmm. But just reading that one article and seeing that one interview with them changed like my whole like concept of doing events and my whole mindset on so many things and it was just you know it was just you know i've always been a family of fts i was just reading you know just 
Another day at work, probably be on a computer that should have been old. <laughs> that was background work for the government. And, uh, you know, but that one article, it just hit me hard. And seeing that, you know, hey, you know, we can all make impacts on things, you know, whether people realize it or not. And uh, it, like I said, just changed my whole mindset. It's like, all right, it's like, from now on, here's how I'm going to do my events. And this is, you know, this is how, how I'm going to go about it. Yeah. And like I said, it was just, you know, again, all respect the world for Relentless, but, you know, they really changed the way, you know, my, my, my way of thinking about doing events. That's good, because the way you've done things is amazing. I mean, you were making jokes while ago about getting a thumbs-up picture with Chad. I don't believe you actually made it in sports, in strength sports, until you've had a picture of a thumbs-up <laughs> with Chad. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, I'm finally one of the cool kids now. I get to be beside Chad Clark from a thumb-up. You know, I mean, now I can, you know, I can die now. I'm good. I'm I can end it. This is this is. I've reached the pinnacle of all awesomeness now. Oh, you're the man, bull. <laughs> oh. It's it's reached a point with the thumbs up picture that every time I take a picture with somebody, which is not very often, I don't do pictures very often. I don't take them. I don't try to get them. But when I do take a picture, they take one, and I go, wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna get a Chad Clark picture. Yeah, we gotta get a Chad Clark picture. Because then everybody puts their thumbs up, and then I get a copy of it, and I just send it to Chad. <laughs> so that way he has a copy of at least that memory, and that's that, that's what he does. So for you to do the pictures, that's important to you, and I admire that. I appreciate it, and I love it. I don't do them, but I'll do them for you. Yeah. So the podcast is my pictures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the conversations are. with you guys, this is this is the whole reason why I do any of this shit. It's to know people like you guys. Uh, that's that's what this is all about. You know, being good and be good at it. That's, that's what it's all about. So I appreciate you guys being here. It means the world to me. Um, but just, I just wanted to kind of caveat on that to show you that we understand your pictures and for the love of God, get a new phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, real, real quick. So, you know, with you, you the podcast and recorded conversations is, you know, that's your thing. And, and, you know, I mean, both you guys here know, and just so everybody else out there knows, you know, when I see my friends, I'm always like, hey, I want a picture. Kind of like how, you know, I just said about the whole relentless thing, you can find inspiration from anywhere you go. You know, for me, that one that lead the FTS article changed my way of thinking for, you know, over a decade plus now. Well, what a lot of people may or may not know is, you know, I love my home gym so much. You know, don't tell my wife that. <laughs> but, you know, but to me, it, it's not just a place of training and a place to put in the work and, and to get stuff done. But everything has a meaning. You know, and so to me, it started out with flags on the walls. And each at one time, each flag represented, oh, well, this is to represent, say, my friends in Iceland, or this is to represent my Polish friends, or this is to represent uh, my friends from New Zealand and Australia. And then people started sending me some flags, and it just kind of grew from there. And then I started putting pictures up everywhere. And to me, when I take pictures of my friends, you know, that just... <clears throat> When I put that stuff on the wall, it's nothing but fond memories, and it's also the reason that keeps me doing and involved in strength sports, because uh, that's my motivation. You know, it's like I love strength sports, but I love my friends and family so much. So, you know, when I put those pictures on the wall, like the picture we took today was me, Dave, you, Bull, and Shorty Bull's wife. Well, you damn know, damn straight. As soon as I get home, man, I'm going over to Walgreens to get that thing, <laughs> get that puppy printed out, and bam, right there on the wall with the rest of my friends because 
We also might need to get you a printer at home. Because <laughs> who the hell goes to Walgreens anymore to print out anything? <laughs> they all know me at Walgreens, man. <laughs> but, you know, but to me, that means something. And that's important. And, you know, it all goes back to, and I say this stuff all the time, you know, it's like the Beatles song. You know, I get by with a little help from my friends. There's another line to that, too, but we won't go into that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, really, I mean, it's, it's, it's the people involved in string sports, uh, you know, that, that do it for me. Uh, you know, it's the travel. Uh, another thing I always tell people, it's like, man, it's like, you go to, like, say, your average gym. And you, meet, you see all these strong kids, and they'll never leave that gym. And I'm always, you know, again, I train at home now, so... I'm not out in like public gyms and stuff, but I used to always be like, man, it's like, why don't you compete? You know, it's like, you know, why don't you, why don't you try powerlifting? Why don't you try strongman or any, any type of strength sport? And, you know, they always give you some type of crap story. I'm like, look, man, it's like, dude, it's like, here's what you're going to find out. It's like, one, you're going to learn a whole lot about yourself, you know, because you're, you're going to be putting yourself out there on the line, you know. And then, two, you're going to travel, so you know you're going to see some cool stuff. And then I was like, dude, it's like you will meet the absolute coolest people that will become your best friends and family for years and years and years to come down the road. And they will be the only people out there that will really understand and get you. Because I mean, the only people that understand like, the, the things that we do and our passions and what drives us is people that do the exact same thing. You know, So a lot of, time, a lot of people have a hard time understanding that. Uh, Fortunately, all my friends are like-minded, so so y'all get it. That's, that's how we become your friends, you know, because if we weren't like-minded, we'd be those people you unfollow on Facebook. <laughs> so I won't name any of those folks, but there are certain people that you're friends with on Facebook. You just unfollow, don't want to see the bullshit you had to say anymore. We're still friends, yeah, but I don't want to hear from you or talk to you or deal with you ever at all. My list is slowly growing. Um, it just keeps on. But I haven't met anybody who didn't like Chad. I know a lot of people who don't like you. But Chad. But everybody loves Chad. So it, it's it's hard not to love Chad. It really is. I was so excited when I found out he was coming up. I was like, finally, you know, he never gets to come down here. You know, this is great. Hey man, there's no way it's not coming down here and not come see you. Yeah. Man. Well, you I, know, I appreciate it. I, eventually, we're going to make it up to Virginia for something. You know, I don't know what, but it might be a Highland Games. And, you know, going back to things like that, too, a lot of things that, uh, that I've tried to incorporate, like, ever since I met you is, again, you know, I call it taking, you know, finding inspiration in different places or, you know, little nuggets of wisdom that you get from people here and there. And there's, there's tons of people to name, but just the way you go about taking care of your athletes and stuff, you know, that really changed the way that I thought about doing things. It's like, hey, man, it's like, I need to be more like Bull. You know, I really like you know, how you take such, you put so much of high, high priority on others, you know, and, and their success and stuff. And that's something, you know, you know, I told you before, you I really admire, respect. That's one of the things, whenever I'm working with athletes, I try to incorporate that as well, you know, to like, you know, be better, you know, be, be more there for them uh, and do all that you can do. And it's not just, it's not just being a coach. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're, a sounding board, sometimes you may be a parental figure, maybe a lot of things, but you're never just a coach. You know, uh, you turn it if you're good at, at being a coach, I think you know, you, you can look at the person who walks into the gym that day and know, all right, look, I know we wrote this down, but 
where'd you hit at today? You know, we yeah. got to sit down. We got to, and you got to take time to know people. And the thing about this is, you know, I kept saying it the last time we talked about this, but I say it constantly. You know, somebody who taught me who didn't have to. And, you know, yeah, yeah. and so because of that, I feel like it's a, a responsibility to give somebody else what somebody gave me. And that oh, is absolutely. 25 years of an amazing friendship, confidence. You know, the things that I've gotten out of lifting um, has done more for me than I ever did for it. And, you know, and that was given to me because somebody saw me and saw something, saw some potential and took time to help. Yeah, didn't right. charge me a dime, just, you know, I mean, just, he made it. And, you know, I mean, I know you hadn't heard the story they had, if anybody listened to the last time. They, um, you know, I said, the first thing the guy who taught me how to lift told me was, son, you'd be hell if you knew how to lift. And I was like, old sucker, I just benched 365. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and but because he stopped and, and said that, he got me motivated. And then he come out and he pushed me and he stayed with me till he died. Wow. And you know, and so that was that was that was it. That was what that that gave me a basis of how I wanted to do things from that point on. So now everybody I meet, I'm like, man, let's. They're like, you know, I want to beat you. I'm like, good, I'm going to help. You know, because I want you to be better. I want you to be the best out there. I want you to be the best that you can. I mean, I mean that's that's such a great high, man. You know, seeing somebody that you've worked with, uh, seeing them succeed and be successful. You know. I, I, I've got more joy and stuff out of seeing people that I've worked with be successful than I ever did any of my own competitions. Oh, guaranteed. You know, I mean, a, a million times more, man. Watching somebody hit a squat that, you know, that you know they have worked so hard to get and they've missed it 50 times and you go for it on a third because you're just like, screw it, balls out, we're going to find out what happens. And uh, they hit it because, you know, the energy of the meet, you know, I mean, there's something about you know, getting under the platform, hearing the music, hearing your name, the bars loaded, all the excitement, and then all that work comes down to that one moment. And, you know, and that's when the pressure's on. That's when, you know, you find out, you know, it separates the men from the boys. You know, it's like this is, I'm going to step up and lift when it counts. I'm going to make this happen. And then you watch them as they hit that lift and they turn around and, you know, fists are up and they're all jacked up. And you're like, I know what went into that moment. Exactly. You know, he's been waiting so much. He's worked so hard for that moment, and he's in it. And, you know, you just you just can't help but get excited. You and, know? and no one under, would understand that more than the athlete competing and whoever's coaching them. Yeah. In that case, you, yeah. you know. It's 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 the most amazing thing for me. That that has always been one of the best things. And I get real invested into the people that I work with. You know, I mean, I took Michael Holt to um, Worlds in Vegas like back in like 2000 and, and I don't know, 14, 15, 16. I, I don't remember. It was a long time ago. And um, we were we were down there and um, <laughs> there was a discrepancy in the rules. All right. And we were talking about raw lifters lifting in sleeves or not. <clears throat> and uh, I went and talked to one of the, the head official. Dude was from Ireland. He was a really nice guy. And I was like, you know, I said, I... I can understand a lot of the rules being different and stuff. And I said, but I don't understand why, you know, y'all won't let a raw lifter wear sleeves. And he goes, well, what do you mean, laddie? And I was like, uh, well, you know, it's, they said you can't wear sleeves. And he goes, oh, yes, you can. As long as they're a certain diameter, you can wear them. And I was like, are you serious? And he goes, he said, yeah, go get them. I measured them. And I was like, all right. So, you know, I went and got, I'm like, Mikey, get your sleeves. And, you know, and Mikey went and got his sleeves. And then he come back and he put his sleeves on. Well, we go up to deadlift. 
start walking up to the platform and um, the the lady was from Poland. So when you said Poland a while ago, this story popped into my head. <laughs> yeah. And um, she turned around and she goes, no sleeves, no sleeves. I'm like, oh, no, no, he can wear them. Head dude, head dude over there said he could. And she goes, no sleeves. And I'm like, look, head dude just said he could. And yeah. I said, we measured them. They said it was all right. And she goes, no sleeve, raw lifter. And I'm like, uh, they just said it. She goes, you have 20 seconds. I'm like, Mikey, pull them down. And, you know, and so he pulled them down to his calves. And she goes, not good enough, not on the leg. I said, they can't help him from his calf. And at this point, I'm getting hot yeah. at this point. And, you know, and so, because, I mean, I'm, I'm a nice guy, but I, there's a line, you know. And, and, and I felt like she was attacking Mikey. And, you know, and he was going through his lift. He was getting ready. And it was, it was big. And then finally, you know, uh, he had to take his shoes off. And then, you know, he pulled, pulled the shoes off, pulled the, sleeve, pulled the sleeves off his things. And then he ran up to the platform barefoot. And she goes, you have to wear shoes. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you know, and, and which you should never yell at a judge in a meet. Yeah. But at this point, I had had it, you know. And so I was like, I said, Mike, you put your shoes on. So he just turned around, put his shoes on. No, didn't have time to time, didn't do anything. And she's like, five seconds. And I was like, and so I looked at her and I said, you're fucking ridiculous. You are so bad at your job. You're the worst judge ever. I don't understand how you can go through life thinking that you can do this good. And, you know, and I said a couple of other things. Well, she was a member of the Polish national team. And I didn't know that. But when I walked to the back of, into the warm-up room after the lift was over with, I was met by the Polish powerlifting team at that point and one of their dudes was pissed <laughs> you yelled it you know her you know said her name and stuff and i was like yeah she didn't know what she was doing and he goes you not disrespect my teammate again and at this point in time i was ready to throw hands i know i said well bitch do something <laughs> and I, thank god there was a few other people from from the u.s came running up and I was like, yeah, I just got tougher. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, I was ready to get beat up. So somewhere, like, if like, I'm afraid to go to Poland now because I honestly believe, like, in, you know, somewhere in, like, a post office, there's a picture of me, like, if you see this dude, we're beating him down. Because, I mean, they take string sports serious over there, so, you know. <laughs> hey, I'm supposed to be there in November, so I would not tell them that. Don't, you don't know me. Definitely don't bring it up. I will not wear my bull strong shirt to Poland. <laughs> don't say, hey, do you know a guy in a cowboy hat, you know, that comes these meets? <laughs> So next time you meet Mateos, just don't mention Bull. No, I, I, I will not mention Bull's name. In, in most parts of Eastern Europe from now, I guess. It was, yeah. it, was, it was bad. It was, I've never in my life ever disrespected a judge or been loud in a meet. And I was so mad at that, that thing. Because, I mean, we took Mikey from a 14-year-old, 97-pound kid to, you know, 180, I mean, 148-pound world champion who was on the sixth all-time list for 624 squat. Wow. Yeah, at raw at 148. Wow, I mean, You know, I mean, he's one of the baddest kids that ever walked on the planet. And, yeah. you know, and so, but I love this kid like he was my, like he was my son. I mean, you know, I mean, so when she started picking on him, you know, I, I got mad. I mean, she could have made fun of me. She could have called me everything in the book, said anything, my mama made bad biscuits. Anything but your athlete. Yeah, but don't, 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 don't get him a boy now, you know. I'm fixed to get mad. Four times body weight. That's uh, that's impressive. Yeah, he's a strong kid. He's wow. a really strong kid, and do anything he wants to. I mean, yeah. he can step on a bodybuilding stage in like three weeks. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, he he looks good. He works out, and then, but he's strong as all get out. And then he graduated college, and you know, he started you know big boy job, and he's in the corporate world, and he's really doing. Boy's gonna do big things. Love him to death. Good kid. Yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of like on that story. Uh, yeah, I've been involved in Moss Wrestling for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and uh, this is what two years ago now, Dave. I went hungry. Yeah, I, I, I have no concept of time. <laughs> All the years run together. Yeah. Every day runs into a weekend. Every weekend runs into a month. Every month runs into a year. But I'll be there in five minutes, y'all. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to do yeah. that story. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, so you know, again, I'm very fortunate uh, that I'm involved uh, in Moss Wrestling. I'm, I've been very fortunate to be friends with Ode Haugen, uh for a lot of years. Again, another man who I, I look up to, respect, and admire. Good, yeah. Uh, for a whole lot of reasons, not just what he's accomplished as an athlete. Uh, although that's absolutely amazing too. But uh, anyway, we had a trip to Hungary with Moss Wrestling, and Ode had a previous commitment. And he's like, Chad, he's like, you know, do you want to take the athletes over? And uh, that was the first time, like, I'd been on trips, you know, overseas before, but it never been in the capacity where it's like, all right, this, these are your children, this is your flock. You take care of everything. Yes. You know, so from like getting visa paperwork squared away, you know, the whole nine yards, that was all on me. And, uh, you know, man, like I said, working with those, I had, I had a group of five athletes that I went over there with. And, uh, you know, man, you just love them like they're your children. Yeah, oh, definitely. You know, and the thing is, like, we bonded so tight, you know, on that trip. And a lot was due to, Everything bad that could have happened happened. <laughs> uh, uh, Tibor Kiss, uh, who some people may know from the world of strongman, he's also a very good Hungarian Highland Games athlete. Uh, used to come over from Moss Wrestling and the Highland Games every year at the Arnold. Great guy. Well, it just so happened his son at the opening ceremonies would be the one that carried out uh, the little sign that said you know, USA. Mm-hmm. Thought, oh, this is perfect. You know, this is Tibby's kid. You know, how awesome is this? It's like, what are the odds be that I know this person's child? Sure. Well, right before the end of the opening ceremony, Tibby's kid had a seizure and dropped out. Oh, Just my goodness. Just fell right there on the stage. So, you know, I don't have kids of my own, but I could only imagine how he, he felt. And it just really rocked me to my core. Sure. I'm like, oh, wow, this is, this is not a good omen. I can't remember how the rest of the day kind of played out. I remember uh, my good friend Tom Schroka. Very good guy, by the way. Yeah. Tom's the fucking best. Yeah. Tom, if you ever listen to this, you know I fucking love you, dude. Uh, you're somebody else that inspires me, too, because I, I know a few people that work uh, as hard at what they do uh, as what he does. Um, but that would be a whole different long story on that. Tom, on his opening match... And, you know, we had really high expectations of him because he's such a great athlete. Mm-hmm. And immediately just tore his hamstring. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, you know, is it going to get worse? Yes, it was. Because <laughs> that, that was the beginning. Uh, the next round for one of our girls, uh, Ariel Burek. Uh, a lot of people may, may, out there may not know Ariel. I love her to death. Tiny hands. Uh, Very tight. Tiny hands. Biggest heart out there of any athlete I know, man. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't let her fool you. Her heart is huge. 
Well, her first match was against the reigning world champion. So, you, you know, so there, you know, unfortunately, you know, she lost. So, already one, one knock on us there. Uh, next up, we had uh, Nicole Hyam. And uh, if anybody knows Nicole, or maybe if you don't, she has one amazing story. She's uh, very young. Nicole's in her early 20s. I love her like she was on my own child. Uh, real quick story on that. I'm not what you would call a religious person by any means, but I tell you what, I've lit in like prayer candles for her at the National Cathedral uh, in Orthodox churches uh, right outside Red Square. You know, just, hey, you know, wherever, wherever I think it takes, you know, at the time she was battling cancer when we were over there, yeah. she stopped her chemo to go and compete. And Nicole, I, I probably ought to choke you because <laughs> I didn't know how bad, you know, she was. Nobody told me how bad she was, you know, until like way after the fact. But her first match, uh, you know, she got pulled hard into the board, jacked her knee up, you know, was coughing up blood. <laughs> All bad. Yeah. It does get better. It does. Story, I mean, you know, anyway, as the day progressed on, and the next day, uh, three of the athletes that I took over there uh, all medaled in podium. Awesome. And uh, it was my three female athletes I took. I've never been prouder of three three girls all my life for yeah. accomplishment. And literally, I got a picture, another picture on my wall. Another picture, yeah. And I'm not ashamed to say it, but it's me basically just bawling my eyes out because <laughs> I was so proud to see them be successful. And I knew how much it meant to all of them. You know, and we, you know, we, we went through all the stuff together, you know, bad experiences and stuff. And then, yeah, in the end, they still had the heart to pull it out, you know, get, awesome. get up on that metal podium. And, you know, that was one of my, that was one of my proudest moments. You know, that, again, that was the first time that I'd ever been in charge of a group like that. And I, I loved it. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, now it's like, man, sign me up. It's like, I'll take athletes <laughs> wherever, you know. And that's why people will love you forever. Yeah, so, yeah. Hey, they will. I mean, well, they, and, yeah, like I said, man, you know, I mean, next year, uh, 2020, I'll be going to Cole's wedding. Uh, you know, I mean, we'll be friends. For, you know, we'll be bonded for, you know, the rest of our lives, man. Sure. Yeah. I mean, everybody that went on that trip will be, you know, it was just, it was a learning experience on so many, so many different levels. It's awesome, man. I would love to go over there one time with y'all and just watch. Oh, it's, it's a blast, man. And, you know, again, we were talking earlier just the different cultures uh, between Eastern Europe and uh, here in North America. Uh, Dave, you've been, you've been to some stuff over there, but, you know, here when you're involved in string sports, the way I kind of see people's views, opinions on things is, hey, you're just part of the freak show. You know, oh, you lift weights, you do this. Yeah. Whatever. You go to Eastern Europe, it's a totally different mindset. You know, we, we were fortunate enough uh, to take also another group of athletes with Moss Wrestling uh, to Yakust, Russia. Uh, I think that was, that was last year, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, last year. Again, no concept of time. Well, yeah, we walked out into a hall on event day, packed over 3,000 people. And these people were all cheering and going nuts for all the athletes. From worst to first, didn't matter. If you're a strength athlete, they respect you. They see you differently. They treat you differently. You know, your sport is your craft. You know, uh, 
and I just really dig that whole the whole mentality and stuff. You know, it's just you know we all work hard at what we do, and this is our passion and stuff. And you know, people in the states for the most part, I don't think get that. No, but, definitely not. You know, but over there, I mean, strength is is praised and put up on a pedestal. And uh, you know, that's how whenever I get a chance to go to places like that, I'm like, let's go, man. You know, it's just different mindset, different culture, and uh, that's what I really like. I, it, it's amazing the difference of how much respect they get as to how much over here we get looked at. I mean, I remember like people used to, you know, they'd look at me and they're like, hey, there's a fat guy. And I'd tell them what I squat and they're like, hey, you know, he's fat and strong. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but over there, you know, you're, you're treated different. I mean, heck, look at sumo wrestlers in Japan. Oh, they're yeah, national I'm, heroes. Yes, I mean, I mean they're, they're looked at as gods over there. It's yeah, crazy. absolutely. I mean, some of the most popular figures in the world, I mean, they're looked at as like, I remember in, in boxing, you know, we'd, we'd gotten away from how much how much of a star people used to be when boxing, you know, was at its heyday. I mean, anywhere from Ali. I mean, when, but when Tyson was up and Tyson was just destroying people, I mean, I, he was one of the most popular people in the world. I mean, yeah, and absolutely. especially in America. But you go over there, like whoever is, you know, king over there right now is the sumo guy. He's bigger than, you know, the stones. I mean, you know, yeah. it's, it's crazy how much they get, how the respect they get. And it's awesome that they get that. I wish over, I wish over here people were more knowledgeable and looked at it differently and looked at and respected the, the work that these people put in. Yeah, man. You know, I, I feel the same way about things. Uh, you know, again, go, going back to Russia, we went to one of the training halls over there for Moss Wrestling. And, uh, it, it wasn't just Moss. It, it, was a, it was a multi-sport training hall, but a lot was Moss Wrestling. And you walk through the hall, and you would see pictures of, you know, like there's there's Victor, there's so-and-so on the wall. And it's people that, you know, I recognize, but they're and they're heroes to that region and to those people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, that's a huge sense of pride for them to like, hey, you know, we have world monster wrestling champions that we send you know, all over the world. And uh, going back on another thing with Moss, that's also a way a lot of people turn that as what's called ethno sport. And uh, I use the analogy of I'm also obviously involved in Highland Games, so like you talked about, Highland Games is a way of keeping Scottish culture and heritage alive. Mm-hmm. That is that is their vehicle that they use to bring to the rest of the world. To show, hey, this is our culture, this is our heritage. You just talk about sumo wrestling. That's their sense of national pride. You know, that is what's keeping a lot of like Japanese culture and traditions alive. Well, you know what? Moss wrestling is do, doing that the same thing in Russia with again what they call the uh, the Yakuz people. Uh, they're from Sakai Republic in Russia. But that's their way of bringing their culture to the spotlight for the rest of the world to see. Mm-hmm. And it's a very beautiful culture. And a lot of these strength sports, you know, that's that's their way of bringing, you know, their sense of national pride together or sort of ethnic pride, but bringing, for, bringing it to the forefront, you know, for the world to see. And a lot of people, you miss out on that concept of strength sports is a lot of times, it's a lot more than just sports. Sure. You know. So the way that you guys talk to each other all the time and the way that we all kind of deal with each other, uh, it's like we've all known each other for, 80 years at least. I mean, we haven't. It feels like it. I don't know about your back, but <laughs> I know because I knew both of you before you guys knew each other. Um, but it feels like it's, it's been 100 years, but it really hasn't. So the first time you guys met was what at Mammoth and Bowling Green, like 
2016? Probably. I think that was 2016. I have no concept. No, that was 2017. (laughs) No, it's been longer than that. Yeah, because I've only been at that arena for two years. Okay, well, it was two years ago. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. go. I have no concept of that. Two and a half years ago. So... How did how did that whole thing go down? Because like I didn't introduce you guys. I was busy doing strongman. Chad, I was like, man, you got Moss. Have fun. Good luck. Um, and then Bull, I think you were bringing Logan up to right. uh, do his first his first ever Moss match. Right. To see kind of how that goes. So how did that transpire? Because I didn't get to see it. I wasn't there. So how did that transpire to where you guys got to be best friends? Well, we were hard at work, Dave, while you were out playing games and having fun. No doubt. We don't get to do that. <laughs> yeah, I was out having fun promoting and running the show and forwarded for him to um, uh, sports at the same time. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was a blast. I'm just, yeah. I'm just messing with Dave, y'all. If you've ever been to that event, you know how, how much goes on behind the scenes. But. Yeah, but that sucker rooked me. <laughs> I mean, I, I ain't going to lie. My first year as a judge up there, I mean, just sorry to change the subject, but this is this is funny. I can't remember the guy's name that I worked with, um, but you know how you have judges and then you have people to help reset the the weight and stuff like yeah. that. Well, um, what's that guy's name? Runs Beast of the Bluegrass. Um, David McCann. David McCann. There you go. Yeah, me and David were over there working together on the tire flip. Uh, I think we had thousand pound tires that day, and so they would flip them all the way there, and then we turn around. Me and David did. And there was nobody to put them back. And so the guys, the straw men dude, went and did all their things. They had to lift it once. Me and David had to flip that sucker every single time all the way back. You rooked me. You brought no help. He's like, man, come judge. I'm like, man, dude, I'm judging, handling, sweating. This is miserable. What are you doing to me? <laughs> well, at least it was January and like seven degrees outside. So that was at least a little bit and, and yet I go back every year. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, what are we doing here? Golly. We must like you or something. Yeah, for whatever reason, you keep coming back. Um, well, I just looked up and I saw this big dude with a beard and a kilt, and I was like, he needs, he looks cool. He's going to be my friend. And that was, that was what I saw when I saw Chad. So I was like, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like that day, like I said, you know, I remember somehow another guy introduced some stuff and then talking. And then, you know, next thing you know, we're seeing each other at the Arnold and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of went on from there. And the odd thing is, I mean, in theory, no. None of us have known each other that long. Mm-mm. But, uh, again, it goes back to, like, some people may just hit off with, and it feels like you know them all your life. Guaranteed. You know, and that's, you know, that's just is what it is, and that's a good thing. And, again, that just goes back to the the real beauty of string sports, you know. And it's not just, not just moss wrestling powerlifting. I mean, in my opinion, it goes for all of them. Sure. I agree. And I, you know, I mean, in some of the, I mean, I consider y'all great friends, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, you know, like, if, if if I make the phone call, y'all are coming, and you know, and that that to me is what what really makes really makes a friend is not the ones who are there when you're high, it's the ones who are there when you're low. Exactly, and, man. Uh, and that's 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 what that you don't run across that a lot, and you know, and with all the well, stuff I've been going through, at least I know Chad's high the majority of the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, one thing that I found with getting sick and all is um, I never used to tell people how much I cared how much I cared about them, and I have. Stop that, you know. I yeah. mean, that's one thing. That now, and I wished I, I wished I would have had that mindset before I got sick. Yeah. You know? So you know, you said it earlier about telling people how much you care about them and everything else, and I didn't do that for years. And now I, I, I've literally stopped and gone through like my friends list of like the people who meant something to me, and I've never told them. But I'm like, I need to tell you, you know, what you mean. Oh man, me. dude, the day you sent me that that message on on uh, Messenger, yeah. You know, uh, 
fuck, man, that hit me like a ton of bricks, man. I mean, I, you know, I may be a big dude or whatever, but it's like, man, I mean, it had me in tears. I'm like, man, this is someone that, you know, again, you know, that I love like family and stuff. Uh, it's hard, man. It's it's a hard thing to deal with. But, you know, we, I think everybody, if everybody lived life trying to letting all the all the stupid shit go and focus on the good, you know, everybody get past anything, you yeah. know, and, and I think that if we all did that better, then um, we wouldn't we wouldn't have near the drama that we do in this world. No, no. And, you know, on that subject, you know, for, for all like the younger athletes listening, uh, you know, not that I'm old. I mean, I'll be 47 here next month. Uh, I still feel great. My mind still says I'm 25. But, man, as you age, fortunately or unfortunately, you see a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, not all it's good, and a lot of it changes your mindset. And then you realize, hey man, all the stuff that you thought was really a big deal, really doesn't yeah, mean shit. Really don't matter, you yeah. know, you know your friends, your family, you know your relationships that you have with those people. You know that's what that's what it's all about at the end of the day. You know, uh, and that's been my you know again my greatest takeaway from strength sports. But I see you know going back, you know, you see yeah, I've worked in healthcare and hospitals and stuff. Uh, taking care of my dad that has had cancer, you know, he battled it. Man, you see all this stuff again. You, you know, if you have any type of, I'm just gonna look for, but it's gonna change you. You know, and if you're the right type of person, it'll change you for the better. And be like, hey man, you know, you can see it sometimes as a wake up call or just a way to start living your life differently. But uh, you know, that'd be the one thing I stress to anybody that's you know come up in the sport and stuff. It's like, hey man, you know, have a great ride with it. And you know, make friends. And then when you make good, when you have good friends, let them know what they mean to you, That's man. It. Like, hey, yeah. man, you know, fucking love you, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, ain't no shame in that, man. Well, you yeah. might not have a chance again, you know. And that's, 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 that's the thing. That's exactly it, man. You know, uh, we just had a, a friend uh, in the Highland Games world. They lost their daughter. You know, she came out to the field uh, and, and she had thrown stuff. You know, here one day. Gone the next, you know. I mean, it's sad, but uh, you know that type of stuff does you know does change. And just just think about like in, in our sports, all the people have been like legends and stuff that have really like changed things for the better. All these people are getting old and passing too, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like uh, I got a chance to to only meet Terry Todd one time, but I got to sit there and have story time with him one night for about 15, 20 minutes. It was something I'll never forget. You know, yeah. to me, people like Terry Todd were uh, it was not only a legend, but someone that really shaped strength sports and things as the way we know it as today. Yeah, you know, he had a huge influence on all that. Uh, Steve Jack, you know, I'll, I continue to go back to Scotland to go lift stones, and uh, Steve Jack was someone uh, kind of off the sub. You see all the stuff about you know the rogue documentary Stoneland. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what. 20 years before that, Steve Jack and a man named Peter Martin, who pretty much rescued a lot of, like, Scottish history, you know, they wrote the book of Stones and Stones. They did, yeah. They literal book, yeah. Yeah, they literally literally wrote the book. And I remember being a kid, I say kid, I mean, I was in, you know, early 20s or whatever, buying that book and literally just daydreaming, you know, like, oh, man, what would it be like to go to Scotland? Oh, I'd love to be able to lift these stones. Well, you know, little did I know, that I would stick with it long enough to one day be able to go over there and do that stuff myself. But, That's awesome. You know, and, and Steve Jack passed, again, no concept of time. I can't remember his last year or the year before, to cancer. 
But uh, I, you know, I was fortunate to meet him on several occasions. He was a saint of a man. He was someone that always had a kind word for everybody. And, uh, you know, I always look on back on that, you know, with fond memories and stuff. Sure. I mean, you talked about Ode Haugen earlier, and it's, it's crazy to me, some of like, you know, you know, I gravitate more towards powerlifting. And, you know, but not a lot of people know what who he is and what all he's done and stuff. And one of the greatest moments of my life was when we was at the Arnold a few years ago. And, you know, I'm sitting there drinking whiskey with, with Ode Haugen. I'm like, this is, this, is, this is great, you know. I was like, this is, this is one of my fa- favorite things ever. And, you know, to sit down and have a talk with him was, was huge for me just because I look up to him so much. Yeah, I mean, was absolutely, man. I mean, in his hands, golly, they're massive. I mean, that boy, I mean, he's... Yeah, and, and that's the same way, man. You know, for me, you know, I always love seeing a world's strongest man. And, the, you know, the, the older that we all get to, the more he becomes, or people like him, including him, become more inspirational to me. True. You know, it's like, look, man, I think Ode, I know a while back he celebrated his 68th birthday. He's 69 now. Yeah, you know, there's no slowing down. You know, we travel, you know, several times a year together, and it's like, look, I'll be the first man. I can't keep up with Ode. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's not a chance for it. Yeah, I'm 20 some years younger than him, and I can't keep up with the guy. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he, he's just an amazing person, individual, and you know, was, does so much for so many different string sports and stuff. You know, again, I mean, there's there's a million things you know to look up to and find inspiration in with the guy. It, yeah, he really is, and you know, but it's funny though. We don't think about the people that we coached and everything else. But one of these days, they're going to sit around and have talks with, about us like this. You know? And hey, hey, man, you know yeah. what? If that's the case, then we fucking did our job and left a great legacy. And, you know, that's something to be proud of. I hope they you do know? because I hope somebody sits around and tells stories about them one day, you know, <laughs> and as we go down the list. I mean, right now, for a year, I've been coaching this girl named Benita, and she's amazing. She, she, but when she first came to us, she was a quarter squat. You know, and she was strong, but, you know, she'd never been taught how to properly lift. Mm-hmm. And then, like, today, you know, everybody on the team was like, you know, she's hitting it perfect. She's hitting it clean. And I'm like, you know, and then she gets up and she feels good. She feels proud of herself, you know. And I'm like, this is this is why we do this, man. I yeah. mean, this is it. I mean, because there's nothing like getting – most people get into strength sports. And I say this a lot because it's true. I mean, people really get into strength sports for two reasons. Either you were – an athlete in high school and you lost that team camaraderie and you lost that, you know, you didn't have the platform to compete at anything anymore and you still wanted to, or you were a person who was weak and you didn't have friends and you didn't have, you know, you wasn't looked at as somebody who could be an athlete or who could be strong. (laughs) And so you turned around and you took this sport and you were able to make it a confidence builder of, I can do this. I found people that I belong with. And, you know, and this gives me purpose to, to see that, hey, look, I really am strong. I can do anything. I can do anything I want to, you know, and I can make it on my own and I can and I can learn and I can make friends and I can and I can be a better person because of because of the simple fact of I believe in myself to think that I'm strong enough to do this. Yeah. And, you know, and that to me is everything. That's why I don't care if it's a guy, you know. A friend of mine named Doug, you know, he, he did a powerlifting meet last year with pretty much no training, but he just jumped into it, and he's a 280-pound man who had a 270-pound squat. Yeah. And But, yeah, I know, but he's fixing to, he's going to compete in a few months and, you know, and hit 500, Yeah. you know, after some training. And it, it's just, he believes in himself now, and that's, 
that's the biggest thing that strength sports does for people. I don't think they realize the confidence that it gives. Man, it's one of the greatest educational tools in the world ever. Yeah, oh. from, I, I could not imagine what direction my life would have taken if I'd never found, you know, weightlifting, weight training, and then, of course, you know, weight, we'll just say weightlifting, and then that transitioned into eventually into competing strength sports. But seriously, if I'd never gotten in, involved in weightlifting, I don't know how my life, life would have ended up. I, I really don't. You know, it's it's given me everything that I value and appreciate the most has come from, you know, in some shape or form uh, from training. That's awesome, man. That's that's why we love it. That's why we do it. I know, caveat your story about Benita. The last time I saw her was at Mammoth in January. Mm-hmm. And she was looking better, like, because mm-hmm. you've been training about six months before that. Uh, but seeing her today, she was a different person. Yeah. She walked more upright. She held her head up higher. She just kind of announced herself when she came into the room without even really doing it. She looked great. Everything is coming together for her. Um, and she may or may not see that every day. But today I saw it after a six-month reprieve. Yeah. And go, wow, that's an amazing change. And it's really, really good that she was able to do that. And she stuck with it. Because you might not see the change because you see her every day too. But she's completely different than she was six months ago. That's awesome. So she's doing really, really good. Super proud of her. And we had a new guy today, Pew. So it's you know it was a good day. <laughs> yeah. And in six months, when I see him again, I'm yeah. like, hey, was that that? That was a guy who was out back throwing up when he first walked in. Yeah, the guy who was wearing that wet shirt. Yeah, that's the one. Um, it happens to the best of us. No, yeah. I guarantee you. You know, I mean, we're gonna go to one of us, Pew. I mean, I, I miss those days of training that hard and stuff, man. I wish I could do it again. You know, um, I keep saying if they open up, you know. Uh, Mid forties range age bracket for a dude with a bad heart. I'm, I'm ready to compete. Let's go. <laughs> I'll be your platform helper, man. Man, thank you, brother. I, let I me be the first it. one to sign on for that job, man. <laughs> oh, good. So I can carry both of you guys. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> oh, no. Gee, thanks. It took me three minutes to get out of the chair a while ago. Well, you know. <laughs> well, you know, when he's getting ready to be up, you know, I won't be able to hear it anyway. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. Like, hey, Chad, he's going now. Uh, wait, I didn't hear oh, what, Wait, what happened? Oh, is it my time? Yeah, you'll be over there petting a cat or something. Somewhere. And you were going to say something about a five minute. I'll be there in five minutes. That's, man. That's <laughs> a day's story. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This segment has been brought to you by Gorilla Strength Equipment. They build the equipment that we all use. They take great pride in what they do and believe wholeheartedly that things worth doing are worth doing right. Everything they send out, they're proud of, and every single item that comes out of that shop has a lifetime warranty. Just as important as producing heavy-duty quality equipment is providing top-notch customer service. Their number one purpose in life is to make a difference by helping people. Their goal is not to make a transaction with a customer. That doesn't mean shit. It's to create relationships, build friendships, and help people achieve their goals. The home gym craze is really just gone crazy. People aren't wanting to go pay 40, 50, 60, 70 bucks, you know, to go to a gym and spend, you know, several hours of their life there. They're trying to do it in their home. They're trying to do it in the garage, trying to do it in the basement. They're just trying to get it done. So this is a place you want to go to. Gorilla Strength Equipment will make just about anything. The creative mind that David Dennis has is unfathomable. I'd, I've helped him design stuff myself for strongman events. You might have seen our equipment at Mammoth Strength Challenge. You might have seen it at Kentucky Strongest. 
You might have seen it at the Arnold Amateur World Championships. Last year, we just used the Bubba Bar as the axle deadlift for that championship. Now, we were able to load that bar up to over 700 pounds. There was no flex. None. None whatsoever. And we still had enough room to put another 400 pounds of bumper plates on there. See, they make great stuff. You need it. I need it. I use them all the time. I've got hubs. I've got axles. I've got bars. I've got grip stuff. Everything that you could ever need from Gorilla Strength is there. You need to contact them to let them know. Now, we're running a special deal for you. If you're listening to this podcast, if you use the coupon code H2OCAST, that's H2OCAST, when you do your checkout, you can get a Bubba Bar at the low, low price of $120. That's shipped. That's everything included. That's called you spend $120 and it's going to get delivered to your house. That is fantastic. You're not going to find another deal like that. Now, these are the same bars that we used at the Arnold Championships, the Amateur amateur World Championships. We use these bars. They're fantastic. So if you go online, you go to GorillaStrength.us and you use the coupon code H2OCAST, it's H2OCAST, then you can get these very, very, very special bars for only $120 shipped to your house. Normally, they're $150, so you're getting $30 bucks off. This is a huge discount, everybody. Go and check out David Dennis at GorillaStrength.us. Uh, you know anything about the story. All right, so this story is the Chad 5-Minute Rule. And there's a rule with Chad that if you tell him to be somewhere, he's going to tell you he's going to be there in five minutes. It doesn't matter where he's at, what he's doing. He was coming to one of my shows, and I was like, hey, man, it's uh, Friday. What time are you planning on getting here? It's like Friday morning. He says, man, I'm leaving here in five minutes. I said, okay, it's Friday morning. You're going to leave there in like five minutes, so you're eight hours away. Cool, I'll plan for you to be here like at six. He's like, yeah, 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 that sounds good. Six o'clock rolls around. I call Chad. Hey, man, uh, where you at? You know, you're still on the road. You some traffic? No, 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 man. I'm mean, leaving here in about five minutes. <laughs> and I thought to myself, wait a minute. Leaving here? Are you leaving a rest area, like a truck stop? No, no, I'm going to leave the house in like five more minutes. I was like, wait a minute. I talked to you eight hours ago. You haven't left the house yet? No, 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 man. I'm going to leave here in five minutes. I said, okay. I see how this is going. <laughs> So, Chad shows up at my house, um, I think about 1 in the morning, um, calls me first, lets me know he's coming, he gets in, and uh, everything happens, and we go to the show, we do everything else, and then I realize something, that you are five minutes away from everything, <laughs> at all times. It doesn't matter where you're at, if you gotta go to Russia tomorrow, man, I'll be there in five minutes. <laughs> That's how long it is. Well, let's preface this by saying, how many times for this podcast have us a day? I have no concept of time. No concept. <laughs> no so, concept. Of so time. that's just, and that's just proof that you know I'm not a liar because I have no concept of time. Yeah. Well, it, it, it literally, it is five minutes from some time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be the there in five minutes. Five minutes before I'm there. Now let's yeah, let's focus on the important thing, Dave. I'm always there. That's true. That that's true. At the end of the day, that's all that really matters. That's all that matters. Nobody forgets it, you know, or remembers it. Hey, Chad was five minutes late for this, but they remember that I was there. Right. So we had a show yesterday. We had fifth annual Iron Warrior Silky Strongest Man, and Chad came out to be my celebrity judge. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I knew when the contest started because I'm the one running the contest. I know exactly what times need to be met. 
And Chad Epps said, well, man, what time do I need to be there? I said, you got to be there at 11 o'clock is when we're starting. The contest didn't start till noon because I knew that five minutes was going to happen. And so he showed up at 11.51. Um, oh, you told me noon. Noon your time. That's because it was on your phone and your phone didn't change over. That's why I told you noon your time. Okay. Because I figured. But I thought you meant noon your time. It really was. <laughs> I still wanted you there a little bit earlier than on time. You know, early is on time, on time is late. Because I know that five minutes is the way it always goes. Um, but that's the, the gist of it. So it's even gone to the point that don't you have an advanced directive for your funeral? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is good, man. This is my one, my one final gotcha. So, yeah, we all know that time's coming. But wherever I die, we'll just say, you know, and my body's getting cremated. But wherever you like the memorial service or whatever, you know, I like to say, all right, well, you know, service starts at six. But I'm going to get y'all one last time because I'm going to have like direct, advanced director say, hey, look, tell them six o'clock, but don't bring my ashes in until at least 6.15. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's like, even beyond the grave, I got you one last time. Man. Absolutely. That's, that's the way it has to go. So we, we've talked a lot about strength sports and like what it means to all of us, but you guys haven't always done well. Bull has always been in strength sports since birth, I think. <laughs> he came out bench pressing. Um, but Chad, you weren't always in strength sports. No, man, no. Not, I was, not I was, holly games, no. not not anything else. What, not what even that, before man. that? Let's, <laughs> let's talk about the origin story that is uh, Chad Clark and sports. Well, it, it's it's a unique a unique story to, to say the least. And uh, it goes back, you know, as a kid, you know, I played like all the rec league stuff, you know, rec league soccer, uh, wrestled a bit in junior high. And then I found skateboarding. And uh, little did I know at the time when I discovered it, and there's going to be a really good like tie in here in a bit, but little did I know when I discovered it, that I would be, ever be any good at it. It was just something I did it as fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, now, how old were you when you found skateboarding? Oh, damn. With your awesome concept of time. Yeah, I had no concept of time, Dave. Like, eighth grade. So, whoever I was... 13, 14. 14, yeah. Somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. Okay. Somewhere around there. Having no concept of time. A good punk kid age. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was, man. It was all about, you know, skateboarding, going to record shops, you know, buying my punk rock and hardcore records, going to shows. Um, and that kind of morphed into, all right, hey, I'm pretty good at this so then you kind of go on like some like the con contest circuits and stuff well next thing you know you're you know you're traveling places do exactly what we do now it's like you know you're traveling you're, you're meeting people you're making friends in these big cities and you kind of you know make your own like network anyway the years go by doing that and I actually got sponsored uh, I was actually putting on an amateur east coast uh like promotional type video showing up up and coming town from the East Coast. It's called Quiet Storm, and uh, and this is back in the day when they did everything on VHS. Yeah, VHS tapes and yeah. reel to reels. And were you yeah. like, <laughs> I'm not that old. Was was all of this in color or was that? It was in color. It was in color. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so you know, I got sponsored, and it was something I never really, really wanted to happen. It just happened. I just had to be good. Uh, I guess for lack of a better term. And uh, I probably did that for about two more years. And I'll, honestly, it took something that 
I really loved and enjoyed and it just ruined the whole thing for me. You know, mm-hmm. now it's like, you know, and you think that you, when you finally achieve like that level, like, all right, this is what everybody wants. Well, you know, what everybody wanted was not for me. Um, because at that point it was no longer fun. You have the pressures of, you know, calling into, you know, the company that sponsors you and they're asking you, hey, you know, what new tricks are you doing now? You know, this, that, and the other. And whatever you tell them, they'll say, all right, well, we really like to see you do that down like three steps or down six steps or, you know, off a ledge. And then you, it just increases the pressure. I'm like, hey, man, I got this because it was fun. And, you know, I made my friends through this. Um, once it became not fun, you know, I did something that most people don't do. And I was just, I just walked away from it. I was like, all right, I'm done. It's not fun anymore. At that time, <clears throat> Uh, my best one of my best friends from growing up this guy Craig Feathers uh, we'd always always skated together and stuff well he got into weightlifting uh, so he invited me you know over to you know train with him a couple of times and you know he took me down to like the local YMCA and that bug kind of bit me you know and, and from there it just kind of transitioned to again you know I was a very small kid growing up I graduated high school at you know, whopping five foot eleven inches tall and literally one hundred thirty pounds. I remember one hundred thirty yeah. pounds. <laughs> you know, second grade was a good time for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, mean, I, I was a little kid. Uh, you know, as a, you know, as a full blown adult, you know, I was still I was that tiny. Uh, but I liked working out. And I liked the process, and again, kind of like what we talked about, like I like seeing, you know, the gains come and the, the you know the improved confidence and things and and everything that went with it. Yeah, you know, we'll say that was like around like the time I was like 20, 21. You know, my one regret, I don't have a lot of regrets. Uh, one of them is from that time until the age of 33, I never competed. Now for the bulk of those years, I was that, I was always that guy. You know, the guy was, oh, I'm going to do a comp. Get ready for a meet. Get, get ready for a meet, man. You know, get ready, get ready. But I never would sit in the money, man. And then finally one day I was like, man, fuck it. I got to do this. I, I got to do this for myself. I have to prove that I can do it. And uh, called up a, uh, a guy that I'd seen running meets, John Shifflett, uh, who was a saint of a man uh, based out there in Virginia. And we were talking about earlier about people that you look up to and influence you uh, from the get-go and you still find this inspiration. John Shifflett's one of those guys. He is selfless to the end done so much for strength sports in the state of Virginia for decades. And uh call him up, talk to him. He's like, man, just go ahead and sign up. You know, come on up. So that's what I did. And our first meet was a USAPL meet. Uh, mm. Little did I know. There might be some animosity there. Right? Well, I mean, uh, I just don't want to walk nothing out. <laughs> there is that part, yeah. Little did I know, another guy that I would see in the warm-up room that day, was a, a monster of a man, and uh, he his was, name was Bull. And it was, it was not Bull. But the letters are similar. No, that, that, that guy was Bill Bill Gillespie. Oh wow! And uh, Bill Gillespie. At the time, I just thought, "Wow, man, who's this huge dude?" I knew the name Bill Gillespie, but I did not know that, that that's who that was at the time. But this guy sat in a chair, and from the warm up platform, coaching every single athlete up through the warm ups giving them tips to everybody, making everybody better. 
And again, that made a huge and lasting impression on me. And uh, also that day, I met up with uh, the powerlifting team from the Marine Corps. And as they put, they were fresh out of the sandbox. And they talked to me. They said, man, is this your first, first meeting? I said, yeah. They said, Chad, hang with us. You know, we'll walk you through. You're now part of our team. And that, in a nutshell, was my, my real true introduction to strength sports and, and competing. And from there, you know, once you're, be it the platform, be it the Strongman Arena, be it Highland Games, once you catch that buzz, you know, for me, when that buzz hit, it hit hard. It was just something that's like, man, I always want to be a part of this. There's yeah. nothing, there's nothing like that feeling of being out there on the platform or being out there on the you know the field competing and stuff. Uh, that's that's my one regret, man. Is I wish I'd started all this you know years and years earlier. And I was even the guy. You know, I would go to meets with people and be like their handler, their liftoff guy, and things like that. But uh, just didn't compete till I was thirty three, and that's that's my regret, man. On the plus side, you were really strong then. <laughs> <laughs> You'd been getting ready for a meet. For I know, so I know, long. I know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you were you were ready. <laughs> so when when did you start Highland Games? When did that come about? So I did powerlifting for for a couple of years, and I thought, man, this is the greatest thing ever. And I'm not disrespecting any powerlifters. I know Bulls backgrounds, powerlifting stuff. And I loved it, but then I had a couple of buddies that threw, and uh, they're, like, they're always like, man, Chad, you know, why don't you come out, you know, give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, I did. I was like, oh, it's kind of okay. You know, it's kind of fun. And then went again. I'm like, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And then you go to an actual games. And then once you get to compete on that athletic field, you know, where you know, you're here, not only are you hearing and seeing things, but you're literally feeling things. Like you can feel like that drone of the bagpipes, you know, the bands playing. So like at that point, you're kind of like sensory overload. Uh, you got large crowds cheering for you and everything. You know, you're out there. You are the entertainment. Uh, There's just such a rush, and uh, you know, I fell in love with it again. The people, the friends I made in that, you know, stuck with me all through the years. Uh, no matter what else I get involved into, I still always have Howling Games in my background. You know, that, that's that's been like the one constant over like the last 15 years is you know Howling Games and, and the people and friendships I made through that. You know, fast forward, some got involved. I always had the, we'll say the hindsight, even back then. Uh, a lot of the guys are now passed away, but they're off in a judge's clinic. This may have been, I think back in 2009 or so. I can't remember. But anyway, I signed up for that because I knew it's like, all right, no matter what I do in my life, I always want to be able to find some way to be involved in strength sports. And I thought, all right, well, way down the road, you know, Maybe I'll use this information. Maybe I won't. But, you know, it's proved to be valuable. I've worked, you know, got to work a lot of events over the years and stuff, and it's, it's served me well as, as well. But, again, you know, I'll be 47 next month. Not that that's old, but I just always want to be involved. You know, like I said, you know, once you catch that buzz of being out there doing stuff, you know, then you make those bonds with people. You just, you just don't want to stop, man. Right. You have a, a few accolades uh, to your credit, also for you know you still compete regularly each year. Uh, how many how many are you doing this year? This has been a down year, man. Last year I did like ten. Yeah. Uh, this year I've only done one. Uh, one uh, unsanctioned strongman comp, and then I got another Highlander I'll go do. 
possibly another uh, Starman Corp event up in Maryland, but my focus kind of changed some. You know, uh, last year I got to go to Scotland, which was a dream come true. I got to lift a lot of the historic manhood stones, and that was just the most amazing experience I ever had. Uh, you know, I can't say until you do something like that, you just don't really get it to go somewhere in flower seas to go lift these stones that people have been lifting for literally hundreds of years to test and prove their manhood. So I've always been a fan of history. So to me, and again, it goes back to reading the book, you know, Stones and Strength by Steve Jack and Peter Martin. Yeah, I never thought I'd get to do any of this stuff, man. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, whether I'm too stupid to know any better or whatever, you know, here I am years and years later getting to do a lot of that stuff that, I, you know, one time I was daydreaming about. Uh, yeah, I think it goes back to, it's like, you know, never give up on your dreams, man, you know. Uh, but back to the subject, yeah, I started doing the stone lifting. I went back earlier this year, and I'm going to try to go back again in October is the plan to go and lift more stones. And that just became, you know, kind of took the place of contests a little bit for me and stuff. Uh, you know, still train hard. But that's my goal now. So, hey, I just want to travel and, you know, do these stones, you know, see other countries, you know, meet people, make friends, travel, you know, the whole nine yards. Absolutely. Uh, I know for me personally, because of your stone stories, um, I'm going to go to Iceland. Uh, one, to do the podcast is a, a primary reason, but other things are I want to lift Roosevelt Stone. I know it's a big uh, beast of a stone, but I want to be able to say that I've lifted it. And then all the other manhood stones that Iceland has. Uh, you know, recently on Netflix, they had that, that show that came out. Was it uh, Full Strong? Full Starker. Yeah, which means Full Strong. Yeah. That's the only way I can remember it because yeah. I can't say anything in their language um, it's a whole bunch of consonants and vowels and I don't know what the hell they say so I'm going to hopefully try to learn some of that but I want to go lift as many of those stones as possible because who always gets that kind of chance hey, exactly man and so it was a lot of your trips to Scotland and all the other things you've been able to do that was like Dave get off your ass and go do something yeah. um, but I'm going to take this podcast with me yeah and, and, you know, like we talk about all the time man dude I'm so glad that you know that you're able now to go do that you know, again, life's short, man. You know, and if you're in the situation where you can go do things like, like what you know, what I've done and what you're going to do, I mean, I encourage you. And the other thing is, you know, when you go lift those stones, you're putting your name in the history book. You know, you're you're lifting like, say, for example, you did the Husafil. You're lifting the same one that you know, Hathor lifted. And, you know, uh, Peter Goodman. All these, you know, all these heroes of ours or people that we've looked up to in strength sports, they've all went. To Iceland and done that one stone. Same one with like the Ember Stone in Scotland. You know, dude, I'm a nobody. But man, you open up that book, and for people that don't know, when you lift the Ember Stone, uh, how much does the Ember Stone weigh? It's basically an egg, a, 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 you know, a grand egg, I believe it's grand, uh, that weighs right at 268 pounds. Okay. But it's very odd. It's not like any other Atlas stone you've ever done. Uh, and even when you talk with the late June, who the, the stone rests at her house now on her property. According to June, only about one in ten people that come out of there actually are able to, to lift it. Is Which, it like super slick or like what's the, it's just, what's the deal? With it's it? just like an egg. It's just when you see it. I mean, when you see it from distance, you'll know that's the Ember Stone. You know, it's it's that iconic. Of a stone, uh, but it's just very odd to lift. 
Well, once you lift it, you could go inside, and, and I was very fortunate. You know, June fixed. Uh, she had little cookies for me, <laughs> and, uh, and some some milk and tea. And I can always say it's like, man, it's like that's one of the best little meals I had because that was something I always wanted to do. I set out to do it. I did it. I put my name in the book, and then when I opened up that book, man, there's a list of all these names of other people. You know, same with so many of my other friends from Strongman from Howling Games. They're right there in that book, you know. So, I, you know, and I'm a fan of stuff. So I like taking pictures of it. <laughs> I send it, you know, send it to my buddies like, hey, you know, uh, like Lance King over Australia and stuff. I'm like Lance, man, it's like, how cool is this? Like, you know, I'm in the same book with you. Uh, you know, Luke Reynolds, another famous Australian strongman. Yeah, you know, I got to, see, you know, I get to be in the same book as him. But all these people, you know, you look up to and and respect for their accomplishments and strength. It's like, man, it's like. Now your name's in that book too, and for me that meant that meant a lot, you know. So when you go to Iceman, you know, I'm pulling for you to, you know, leave your mark on history too, man. Lift the Husafell stone. If yeah. she would have gave me milk and cookies from the start, I would have picked it up. It was. I mean, like, <laughs> like, like if she would have told me, "Hey, I will give you milk and cookies if you can pick this up," I would have got stronger. <laughs> I forgot where this story was going. Let me tell you this: so that was one of the best milk and cookies. Is it was tea with a okay, splash of milk, the British way mm-hmm. cookies. One of the other best meals I ever had was a hot dog in Hungary. Oh Lord! And why do you say it was best meal? Again, because three of my athletes that finished on the podium bought me that hot dog. <laughs> like Chad, you know, you got to take care of yourself. We know you. You've been screaming and over caffeinated all day and pulling for us. So bought this hot dog. Somebody wait, 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 wait! They want to take care of you, so they get you a hot, hot dog. dog. Look, I'm not gonna go into hot dog stories because, <laughs> because in the world of hot dogs, the Icelandic hot dog reigns supreme. All y'all remember that. It's worth the trip to Iceland to go eat hot dogs. But the Hungarian hot dog is of very high standards as well. And somebody asked, so "Is it like a bratwurst, or is it like Oscar Mayer?" It's good. Don't shut up. Don't ruin my story. Does it have hot dog <laughs> water? Like, is it? What? So they gave me this hot dog. Like, oh man, you know this is. They said, Chad, what does that taste like? I said, it tastes like victory. <laughs> because my, my three athletes, you know, had won. They had done something that made me so proud. And then they got a hot dog to boot. <laughs> and that was probably one of the greatest meals you know, I ever had. I probably had a hot dog and a Coke. But to me, I was, fuck it, man. I was on top of the world. <laughs> That's you know? awesome. It's the little things, guys. It, it is, man. It's, it's, it's little things that, that, add, that all add up, man, and make life. You know, the awesome experience that it is, man. Things like this. Right yeah, now. Sitting yeah. around the table, bullshitting, having just a, a really, really good time. That's that's really all that matters anymore. You know, I've, I've seen people lift the biggest things in the entire world. And yeah, they're cool. But going to dinner with those people afterwards and hearing them tell the stories of how much it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, that's one thing about it. I mean, the only difference between... Um, us having a regular visit and now is a microphone. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's the same thing yeah, happens. Same you know? stuff, <laughs> and that's that's why I do this, you know, to immortalize this and these conversations because we're not all going to be here forever, but these great times should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this should live on forever. 
like your pictures, if we finally get them into a cloud and off of your phone, <laughs> um, those will live on forever. Yeah, people yeah. can look back and go. You can even share it where people can yeah. where people can see it. You know, that's a crazy idea. I know, but it's it's a possibility. And you know, people. Dave, uh, as I've said before, I have no concept of time or technology. <laughs> we'll, we'll set you up because uh, a Galaxy S seven, um, bruh, we're gonna get you a new phone. You I think I'm like the ten now. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's close to the iPhone one. I think that's about where you're at. So, uh, if we get you upgraded with some technology to where you can hear podcasts, then you might you might be doing a little bit better. So, awesome. Well, all right, guys. Um, I think it's about time for Chad to be five minutes late for something. Yes. Uh, so we're it's called gonna... a seven and a half hour drive home, Dave. Oh, well, there there is that. There's that. There, there is that. Uh, but we both drive quite a bit. We're, yeah, we're always on the road, road, so we understand each other's pain. And what podcasts mean to a drive? Um, well, you don't because you just listen to old school radio. Um, <laughs> no, I don't, man. I listen to stuff. You have that ham radio on AM in your car, so it's all right. Um, but let's go ahead and just you know kind of kind of cut it out here. So, Chad, if anybody wants to be able to find you, as far as you know, you helping them on a show because you have all this time on your hands. How are they going to do that? Do they need to call you? They need to text you? They need to email you? How do they need to do that? Man, they, uh, as I always say, or two things I always say. One, I'm always glad to help people out. Uh, I guess I guess need to follow that with I have no concept of time. So sometimes <laughs> sometimes it will be a little bit slow getting back, but I am always glad to help people out. And the easiest way to find me is I'm not, you know, I don't have my own website or things like that. Just, you know, Facebook, Instagram, you know. You use Instagram? I, I do use Instagram. Wow. Yeah. I'm kind of astonished. That's... <laughs> It's like my old, it's like my dad using Instagram. Yeah, That's kind yeah. of crazy. But so uh, lifter thrower, I can't remember if it's Chad Clark lifter thrower or lifter thrower Chad Clark. So I guess that's bad. I don't even know my own Instagram thing. Just search it, I guess, is the but plan. Okay. When you see my face, a face made for radio, you'll realize, oh yeah, it's that guy. Well, one thing that is always happening when I see your face anywhere is you're smiling. No, usually so, around friends. Yeah, so that's either in person or in photos yeah. or videos, you're always smiling. Or we, you know, drive it to the Shell station, and uh, there's a dog there. And I saw the <laughs> dog, and I was like, oh, shit, there's a dog. All right, <laughs> all right y'all out there. No, no. Because no. I'm afraid of him. Because I knew that Chad was going to talk to this lady for 25 minutes about a dog. It was a puppy. Oh, that yeah, even better. It was huh? a, even, even better. It was yeah. a Blue Healer puppy, and I, I saw it, and I was like, hey. You know, and then, yeah, we, I had to talk to her. You know, it was one of the things, like, you have to pet the puppy, you have to talk to the owner. She does. She was involved in rescue organizations. I've always been involved in rescue organizations. We immediately bonded. You know, again, it was a puppy, man. It was a puppy, Dave. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why we were five minutes late where we were going. <laughs> we had no concept of time. And we never told Bull what time we'd be here anyway. No. It was just like, hey, Bull, we'll see you this weekend. Well, I knew that ahead of time, so I didn't call Bull until I knew we were leaving to head south and know exactly where he's at so we didn't you know get him excited um and bull where where can everybody find you and bull strong apparel um how do how do people get in touch with bull uh well it's bull strong apparel at instagram so you know at bull strong apparel and then um i'm like um strong like bull underscore 33 and then I think my name on Facebook is like Bull Just Be Fit. Yeah. Yeah. So, Bull Just Be Fit. Yeah. 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 Had to throw the gym in there. You got to. The gym is a, a big part of who you are. And, and, you know, it's a big reason is that, you know, how I met you too. So uh, the gym is 
a, a big part of this town and, and everything that you've done for it. So I'm going to take this time to thank you guys so much for sitting down with me and uh, having a good time, man. Just uh, That's fun, dude. I appreciate yeah. it. I'm glad I got to see you all this <laughs> we're, here, we're here for a good time. We're here for a long time. Yeah. So. And like, like I said, man, there's no way I was going to come to Bowling Green and be like, all right, man, Davis, like, we got to go see Bowling, man. <laughs> you know, that, that, was, uh, that was mandatory. Well, I think that was more primary for your trip than the show was. Because <laughs> you were like, man, I got to go see Bull. Like, well, this is what we're doing for the show. He's like, man, I don't care. I got to go see Bull. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad. And now I'm going to, you know, I got $20 that says you still can't Ollie. No. So uh, I got I got a skateboard downstairs. Let's go do that. No, hey, hey, you're, you're twenty bucks. Yeah, your twenty bucks is safe, dude. In the skills, balance, and coordination I once had as a skateboarder, I lost. That, that's like don't use it, you lose it. Yeah, that's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. But if we can get you to Ollie, though, I will. I, that'll be video it's, gold. It's not gonna happen. Uh, it's, it's, Look, man. I, can, I think you can wear your Tiger Snatch T-shirt, <laughs> and we can see an Ollie come out of you somehow. Not gonna happen, I can man. upload that video. You're right. Yeah, we can do no, that. Man. We can make that. I can happen. break hip, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys. Love you, you both. Man. And be good or be good at it. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. Episode four, sitting with Bull and Chad, has been brought to you by. Bull Strong Apparel. You can find Bull Strong Apparel at bull-strong.com. Also, you can hit them up on Instagram, Facebook, at Bull Strong Apparel. And also, you can hit up uh, Chris Bull Griffin at Bull Just Be Fit on Facebook to get all of your apparel needs taken care of. This guy takes all of the money that he makes from these shirts. And it goes right back to his powerlifting team. It's not going in his pocket. He's not trying to get rich. He gives this stuff away to worthy athletes that are up-and-comers in the world. For all of you out there that have ever lifted, you know it's an expensive hobby. It's hard to afford hotel rooms and entry fees and plane tickets and everything else. But Bull Strong Apparel makes that happen for a few athletes. Well, really, several athletes. He does it for everybody that's on his team. And it's fantastic what he's able to give back. So get yourself an awesome t-shirt. It's awesome fabric. I'm wearing one right now. And really, there's there's not much better than a shirt that tells you, don't suck. Thank you guys for listening.